Thank you for tuning into Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
Songs of Praise endeavours to draw your heart, mind and soul to a close relationship with your Saviour, Jesus Christ.
Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it
If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week. Here I am again. I'm on my knees again. But these are different tears from a brand new set of scars. Now they may look the same, but these. Are not the same. These are dirty tears, so I can't see where you are. But I pray you'll understand, and I pray you'll take my hand, and I pray there's still a place in the shelter of your grace. I know I don't deserve another chance, but I'm sorry I blew it. I failed you once again. All the things I said I was, I haven't been, and I know that you've heard this a million times. Before, but I need you to forgive me just once more. Oh, I need you to forgive me. Now I made promises, lots of promises, tied with ropes of sand. So they never last for long, and I'm ashamed to ask. But I've just gotta ask, oh Lord, may I start again? Will you carry me back home? Will you look beyond the sin to the helpless who within? Can you take?
Bye. 
would change how the story ends. Jesus' blood would pay the cost. He suffered Gethsemane through blood, sweat, and tears. Each drop of blood he shed. Thirsting of my soul, 
your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise. In the beginning I never knew Just how much I really needed you More than a friend, someone I could talk to You've changed me in so many ways Nobody knows me like you You put your arms around me, you bring me through And there's many times I don't know to do, though some know me well, still nobody knows me like you. All of my secrets to you I tell, you saw each time that I slipped and fell, and all of my Yes, you know them well But you've never turned me away Nobody knows me like you You put your arms around me You bring me through And there's many times I don't know what to do Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Walking in your presence is where I want to be said in your word, you said that you would lead me. Yes, I love you. Oh, I really love you. I'll go anywhere as long as I know you'll be there. All of those nights that I Afraid. I stood on the promises you had made The way that I act, sometimes I am ashamed But you never turned me away No, no, no Nobody knows me like you You put your arms around me, you bring me through And there's many times I don't know what to do Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Like you, you put your arms around me, you bring me through, 
times I don't know what to do Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you
Send 
3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen White, presents the parables of Jesus in a fresh light, showing their application to Christian living today. In this devotional classic, Ellen White explores the depths of the best-loved teachings of Jesus, offering a deeply spiritual understanding of the parables of Christ as they apply to our lives today. You'll enjoy the practical applications in a way that touches your heart. Listen now as Clive Nash reads. Continuing the chapter, Things New and Old. 
Yet it is possible for us to see all that we can bear of the divine compassion. This is unfolded to the humble, contrite soul. We shall understand God's compassion just in proportion as we appreciate His sacrifice for us. As we search the Word of God in humility of heart, the grand theme of redemption will open to our research. It will increase in brightness as we behold it, and as we aspire to grasp it, its height and depth will ever increase. Our life is to be bound up with the life of Christ. We are to draw constantly from Him, partaking of Him the living bread that came down from heaven, drawing from a fountain ever fresh, ever giving forth its abundant treasures. If we keep the Lord ever before us, allowing our hearts to go out in thanksgiving and praise to Him, we shall have a continual freshness in our religious life. Our prayers will take the form of a conversation with God, as we would talk with a friend. He will speak His mysteries to us personally. Often there will come to us a sweet, joyful sense of the presence of Jesus. Often our hearts will burn within us as He draws nigh to commune with us as He did with Enoch. When this is in truth the experience of the Christian, there is seen in his life a simplicity, a humility, meekness and loneliness of heart that show to all with whom he associates that he has been with Jesus and learned of him. In those who possess it, the religion of Christ will reveal itself as a vitalizing, pervading principle, a living, working spiritual energy. There will be manifest the freshness and power and joyousness of perpetual youth. The heart that receives the word of God is not as a pool that evaporates, not like a broken cistern that loses its treasure. It is like the mountain stream fed by unfailing springs, whose cool, sparkling waters leap from rock to rock, refreshing the weary, the thirsty, the heavy laden. This experience gives every teacher of truth the very qualifications that will make him a representative of Christ. The Spirit of Christ's teaching will give a force and directness to his communication and to his prayers. His witness to Christ will not be a narrow, lifeless testimony. The minister will not preach over and over the same set discourses. His mind will be open to the constant illumination of the Holy Spirit. Christ said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. John chapter 6, verses 54 to 63. When we eat Christ's flesh and drink his blood, the element of eternal life will be found in the ministry. There will not be a fund of stale, oft-repeated ideas. The tame, dull sermonizing will cease. The old truths will be presented, but they will be seen in a new light. There will be a new perception of truth, a clearness and a power that all will discern. Those who have the privilege of sitting under such a ministry will, if susceptible to the Holy Spirit's influence, feel the energizing power of a new life. The fire of God's love will be kindled within them. Their perceptive faculties will be quickened to discern the beauty and majesty of truth. The faithful householder represents what every teacher of the children and youth should be. If he makes the word of God his treasure, he will continually bring forth new beauty 
and new truth. When the teacher will rely upon God in prayer, the Spirit of Christ will come upon him and God will work through him by the Holy Spirit upon the minds of others. The Spirit fills the mind and heart with sweet hope and courage and Bible imagery, and all this will be communicated to the youth under his instruction. The springs of heavenly peace and joy, unsealed in the soul of the teacher by the words of inspiration, will become a mighty river of influence to bless all to connect with him. The Bible will not become a tiresome book to the student. Under a wise instructor, the word will become more and more desirable. It will be as the bread of life and will never grow old. Its freshness and beauty will attract and charm the children and youth. It is like the sun shining upon the earth, perpetually imparting brightness and warmth, yet never exhausted. God's holy, educating spirit is in his word. A light, a new and precious light, shines forth from every page. Truth is there revealed, and words and sentences are made bright and appropriate for the occasion as the voice of God speaking to the soul. The Holy Spirit loves to address the youth and to discover to them the treasures and beauties of God's Word. The promises spoken by the great teacher will captivate the senses and animate the soul with the spiritual power that is divine. There will grow in the fruitful mind a familiarity with divine things that will be as a barricade against temptation. The words of truth will grow in importance and assume a breadth and fullness of meaning of which we have never dreamed. The beauty and riches of the word have a transforming influence on mind and character. The light of heavenly love will fall upon the heart as an inspiration. The appreciation of the Bible grows with its study. Whichever way the student may turn, he will find displayed the infinite wisdom and love of God. The significance of the Jewish economy is not yet fully comprehended. Truths vast and profound are shadowed forth in its rites and symbols. The gospel is the key that unlocks its mysteries. Through a knowledge of the plan of redemption, its truths are open to the understanding. Far more than we do, it is our privilege to understand these wonderful themes. We are to comprehend the deep things of God. Angels desire to look into the truths that are revealed to the people who with contrite hearts are searching the word of God and praying for greater lengths and breadths and depths and heights of the knowledge which he alone can give. As we near the close of this world's history, the prophecies relating to the last days especially demand our study. The last book of the New Testament scriptures is full of truth that we need to understand. Satan has blinded the minds of many so that they have been glad of any excuse for not making the revelation their study. But Christ through his servant John has here declared what shall be in the last days. And he says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. This is life eternal, Christ said, that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John 17, verse 3. Why is it that we do not realize the value of this knowledge? Why are not these glorious truths glowing in our hearts, trembling upon our lips, 
and pervading our whole being. In giving us his word, God has put us in possession of every truth essential for our salvation. Thousands have drawn water from these wells of life, yet there is no diminishing of the supply. Thousands have set the Lord before them, and by beholding have been changed into the same image. Their spirit burns within them as they speak of his character, telling what Christ is to them and what they are to Christ. But these searchers have not exhausted these grand and holy themes. Thousands more may engage in the work of searching out the mysteries of salvation. As the life of Christ and the character of his mission are dwelt upon, rays of light will shine forth more distinctly at every attempt to discover truth. Every fresh search will reveal something more deeply interesting than has yet been unfolded. The subject is inexhaustible. The study of the incarnation of Christ, his atoning sacrifice and mediatorial work, will employ the mind of the diligent student as long as time shall last. And looking to heaven with its unnumbered years, he will exclaim, Great is the mystery of godliness. In eternity, we shall learn that which, had we received the enlightenment it was possible to obtain here, would have opened our understanding. The themes of redemption will employ the hearts and minds and tongues of the redeemed through the everlasting ages. They will understand the truths which Christ longed to open to his disciples, but which they did not have faith to grasp. Forever and forever new views of the perfection and glory of Christ will appear. Through endless ages will the faithful householder bring forth from his treasure things new and old. Asking to give. This is based on Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Christ was continually receiving from the Father that which he might communicate to us. The word which ye hear, he said, is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. John 14, verse 24. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Matthew 20, verse 28. Not for himself, but for others, he lived and thought and prayed. From hours spent with God, he came forth morning by morning to bring the light of heaven to men. Daily he received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the early hours of the new day, the Lord awakened him from his slumbers, and his soul and his lips were anointed with grace that he might impart to others. His words were given him fresh from the heavenly courts, words that he might speak in season to the weary and oppressed. The Lord God hath given me, he said, the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4. Christ's disciples were much impressed by his prayers and by his habit of communion with God. One day, after a short absence from their Lord, they found him absorbed in supplication. Seeming unconscious of their presence, he continued praying aloud. The hearts of the disciples were deeply moved. As he ceased praying, they exclaimed, Lord, teach us to pray. In answer, Christ repeated the Lord's prayer, as he had given it in the Sermon on the Mount. Then, in a parable, he illustrated the lesson he desired to teach them. Which of you, he said, shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, 
Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Here Christ represents the petitioner as asking that he may give again. He must obtain the bread, else he cannot supply the necessities of a weary, belated wayfarer. Though his neighbour is unwilling to be troubled, he will not desist his pleading. His friend must be relieved, and at last his importunity is rewarded, his wants are supplied. In like manner the disciples were to seek blessings from God, in the feeding of the multitude and in the sermon on the bread from heaven, Christ had opened to them their work as his representatives. They were to give the bread of life to the people. He who had appointed their work saw how often their faith would be tried. Often they would be thrown into unexpected positions and would realize their human insufficiency. Souls that were hungering for the bread of life would come to them and they would feel themselves to be destitute and helpless. They must receive spiritual food, or they would have nothing to impart. Join us again next time as Clive Nash continues to read from the book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen G. White. enjoy the short presentation of how God led his people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com There is one book that almost cost Ellen White her life and that book today is entitled The Great Controversy. The origins of this book come to this rural area here just outside the town of Bowling Green in the state of Ohio. Ellen and James White have been traveling across the state visiting various families and they were in this area for the funeral of a young child. The funeral took place on March the 14th, 1858 in the Lovitz Grove Schoolhouse which would have been located just across the road from here. During the funeral sermon, Ellen White received a vision that lasted two hours. Receiving a vision during the funeral of a grieving young family is not the ideal timing, but the truth that this vision would share would be vitally important to us today. The following day, James and Ellen were traveling home by train and she relayed to him what she had seen and they discussed plans for writing out the vision. It was decided that when they reached home, this would be her first work. Yet on that train, there was what one author has described as an unseen, unpaying passenger who was determined that the world should never know the truth about himself, that it should not get published and see the light of day. 
arriving in Jackson, Michigan. They went to the home of Dan Palmer, and as Ellen White was conversing with Sister Palmer, she suffered a cold, strange sensation pass over her right side and heart. Those present earnestly prayed for her, and with a partially restored strength, she was able to continue her journey here to Battle Creek. Arriving back here in this house, she began to write, but it wasn't easy. Initially, she only had enough strength to write barely one page, and then she had to rest for three days afterwards. But as she continued to write and her strength increased, she was able to progress and finish the book. In June of that year, she received some light as to what happened in Dan Palmer's home. And she wrote, I was shown in vision that in the attack at Jackson, Satan had intended to take my life in order to hinder the work that I was about to write. But angels of God were sent to my rescue. The unseen, unpaying passenger on that train did not want the world to know that he had been an angel in heaven, that he had fallen into sin, and that he was the cause of the misery in this world. The first published account of this vision would be this book right here, the 1858 edition of Spiritual Gifts, Volume 1. This would later be enlarged into the Spirit of Prophecy, Volumes 1 to 4, and then eventually to what we have today, a five-part series entitled The Conflict of the Ages, of which the book Great Controversy is the last in the series. The great controversy between Christ and Satan would be a major theme in the writings of Ellen White, and also the motif by which Seventh-day Adventists would understand as key to unlocking scripture. This book, the one that almost cost Ellen White her life, has changed lives all around the world and is the one that we should seek to share as much as possible. Ellen White herself said, the great controversy should be very widely circulated. It contains the story of the past, the present, and the future. In its outline of the closing scenes of this Earth's history, it bears a powerful testimony in behalf of the truth. I am more anxious to see a wide circulation for this book than for any others that I have written. For in the great controversy, the closing scenes of this world's history are given more distinctly than in any of my other books. If you have never read the book, The Great Controversy, then I would invite you to do so. And if you have, then pray and ask God for wisdom on who to share a copy with. To view more episodes in the series, visit lineagejourney.com.